0: Well, I recently watched a video um, that highlighted the top 10 moments where celebrities would show up and surprise their fans. And I thought that this was really neat, and I've grown to appreciate when there's a person who is a celebrity, whether an athlete or a musician or a songwriter or a famous person of some sort, pops in on a, a fan, whether they're in their room or sitting on a bench or just walking down the street, and they pop in and surprise them, and the person's like, whoa, and just light up with joy and just start singing, just start, start crying sometimes, start tweeting, start pulling out their phones. And all of a sudden there's paparazzi and people all the way around and everybody's just raving about this moment. And I was watching that video and then I saw a friend of mine who had been stationed in the Middle East and was deployed over for the last year. Uh, away from his family. And just this past week, I saw him post on Facebook that he returned in that moment when his son looked over and saw his dad home, right? And leaped into his arms that embrace with his family. I realized that there's power in appearances. There's power in moments where, where, where you're maybe even caught, caught off guard. And there's this appearance that that changes the direction and the, the course of the atmosphere even, and it changes you. And I realized this Easter Sunday, 2018, that in the Bible, in the New Testament, that not only does Jesus Christ live the life that you and I could never live, the sinless, spotless perfection that we are called and created for, Jesus lived that for us, And then he died the death that we deserve to die justly for our sin. The wages of our sin is death. Jesus said, I'm not going to let you go to the cross. I'm going to go to the cross for you. That's Good Friday. That's the only thing good about Friday is that Jesus died for us. But we continue into Sunday and we remember today that he didn't stay dead he's alive he's risen and he's in us there's a there's the only way we can say i've been clean i've been redeemed i'm living new i'm i'm fresh i'm a new person i once was lost now i'm found i once was dead now i'm alive that's because christ lives in us he resurrects us But for me, as I read the Easter story this year, specifically in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, the four biographies of the life of Christ, I realized at the end, there's these moments where God began to speak to me in a unique way. And here's what he began to show me. Don't just focus on the resurrected Christ, but focus on the who he appeared to. And it took me to a new study, you guys. I started to look at, wait, Jesus appeared to this person. Why? Well, then Jesus chose to surprise this person. Why? Well, Jesus chose to minister and reveal himself to this person at this specific time for a specific reason. If I were to title my message with anything this morning, it would simply be this, the miraculous appearance. The miraculous appearance of Christ. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that there's so many people in the house today that can sing with our team that we have been redeemed. Yes. Mm. And maybe there would be somebody here today that, that feels the need to be made new, that needs to be redeemed. May they see your perfect death, may they see your powerful resurrection, and may they receive you today in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to go ahead and focus on the, the time that we have left, three different miraculous appearances of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. The first one we're going to look at is found in Mark chapter 16, the last chapter in this awesome, powerful gospel. And we're going to meet somebody who Jesus appears to first. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry for the word of God, say let's eat." Let's Let's eat. eat. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept verse 11 but when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her they would not believe it they wouldn't believe it let's go ahead and focus in for a moment on verse 9 here In Mark chapter 16, and I just want to pull out a couple points out of this one verse. It says, Now, when he, talking about Jesus, Yahshua, the Messiah, when he arose early on the first day, everybody say, first day first day i love first day i just want to talk about the first day just for a moment right there's a reason why we highlight the first day there's a reason why we gather on sunday because sunday is the first day there's a reason why we get up and get up and go here on sunday morning every week week in and week out there's not a week we're not here because it's the first day and we want to start off the first day of the week representing and praising the resurrected king there's just something about the first day and i just want to use that as a challenge really quick that maybe you haven't been utilizing the first day the first day that's sunday can 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 propel the the week forward by starting it off with him if you want a resurrected week start with the first day right if you want a cross-centered life live a cross-centered day on the first day jesus rose and and he appeared first to mary magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons i highlight that last part because i think that there's something powerful there that we need to see mary is known in the new testament 12 times she's referenced but we don't get that much detail about her we only find different characteristics here and there we we find out that she's from The area of Galdea, which is why we call her Mary Magdalene. So there's this this city, Magdala, in Galilee, in Israel, which is where she was from. So they would say, this is Mary of Magdala, right? And that's where she gets her name, Mary Magdalene. But all the other occasions, she's just known just as that. Mary Magdalene showed up. Mary Magdalene was there at the cross. Mary Magdalene was there at the resurrection. She was part of this family that followed Jesus. But here don't you notice something different about her description I find it interesting yet very profound that the first person that got to see with their own eyes the resurrected Messiah was a person who had been delivered of seven demons here's what God spoke to me on that I'll clap with you we clap at walk church it's all right I'm gonna clap with you because I, I, I need him maybe today if you came in the room today and you say man i got a past that i don't want anybody to know about maybe somebody in the room would say you know what i got one or two demons in my past or maybe you'd say you know i got three or four demons in my day or maybe you'd say you know i got four five and six demons in my day (laughs) she's in the seventh grade of demon possession all right mary has been through some stuff and i just think that it's important what jesus taught me was hey i'm revealing myself to those people (laughs) maybe you have this misconception that god is looking for a certain type of person today and i think maybe you're right he's looking for a real one he's looking for a person that says you know what my past may not be as pretty as i'd have liked it have been but jesus says well i'll appear to you the first person that got to see jesus in his fullness as a resurrected king happened to be the one who had been delivered of seven demons i think that's just powerful and i hope that's encouraging to you because i want you to know that if you came in the room today and you don't got it all together you fit in not just with this church but with the bible like maybe you would think you know who's the first person jesus would appear to well he'd probably appear to the smartest person in the room or the most godliest person in the room or the person who has it all together, or the theologian, or the scholar, or the one who has all the ability. But you know what I noticed about Mary Magdalene? She was always available. She was just there. So I realized God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. And if we can say, yes, Lord, I'm going to bring all my seven demons with me. I need you to heal me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to cleanse me. I I need you to redeem me. Jesus will appear to you. If that's the approach you'll take, learn from the first visitation of Christ in his miraculous appearance that he can and he will. The second person that I want to focus on who he appears to comes out of Mark chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. Right, It says that, uh, that Mary not only had been redeemed, but she had a purpose. She went and told those who had been with Jesus. So she went and gathered up the rest of the disciples and she said, I got a testimony for you guys. As they mourned and wept, but how about it? When they heard this testimony that Jesus was alive and had been seen by her, maybe they didn't believe her because of her story. They would not believe it. And so she said, well, I need, I need you to see him for yourself. There were people who didn't believe And that leads us to our second appearance that I want us to look at here together today out of John chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. Check this out on the screen. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. Mary says, we've seen the Lord. But notice Thomas's response. He said to them, Well, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and I place my finger into the mark of those nails, and I place my hand into his side, I will never believe. What a bold statement. Amen. I'll never believe that. Let me just go ahead and say something today. Maybe you're here in the room today, and you came because someone invited you. Or you went to the block party yesterday and you got one of those awesome tasting hot dogs and you said, you know what, just because of that hot dog, I'm coming to church tomorrow. But I'll never believe. Or maybe you came and you showed up with mom because, you know, Easter Sunday you go with mom. And you said, mom, I'll never believe what you believe, but I'll show up with you. Someone can relate. Thomas looked at them and said, I will never believe. Eight days later, everybody say eight days. eight days days later his disciples were inside again and Thomas right he was with them this time you got to show up this time he's there although the doors were locked I love the details Jesus doesn't need no locks on the doors to get in he's coming in whether he wants to or whether you want him to or not I'm coming in all the doors were locked Jesus came right in I love it stood among them and said peace be with you. Just in case you're alarmed in the room today and you didn't know what to expect, Jesus, hear him whisper to you, be at peace. I love you. I'm for you. How do you know? I died for you. How do you know? I rose for you. How do you know? I'm with you right this moment. Peace be with you. Now let me minister to you, says Jesus. He looked right at Thomas. How about he singled out Thomas and the whole group? Everybody's like, oh, Hey, yo, Jesus is here. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Now, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Put out your hand and place it in my side, says Jesus to Thomas. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, verse 28. I love this right here. My Lord, my God. I don't think that Thomas was like, my Lord, my God. (laughs) It's like he was a, my Lord, my God. I see an exclamation point right there. My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Listen up, Walk Church. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. Amen? Come on, there's a blessing in the house today. If you'd believe it, if you'd receive it now there's a few things that i want to talk about in this context when it comes to thomas's testimony a lot of us know him as doubting thomas right when somebody just isn't quite for sure they don't quite believe you say man you're a doubting thomas right but i don't think that's a fair testimony to give thomas because that's not how his story ends right if anything this is believing thomas Right? And if you know Thomas in church history, he went on to be a powerful disciple who gave his life for the king. Thomas lived a powerful life for the Lord. But in this moment, I want you to see his response. As we look at verse 27 through 29, watch this on the screen. He said, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. He said, see my hands? Put out your hand. Place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. The reason why I want to show you that It's because of verse 28 when he says, my Lord and my God. Notice that Thomas doesn't say, the Lord, the God. The purpose of Easter, my friends, is that you would take Jesus serious and apply him to your life. Maybe for a moment, don't think about the person next to you. Don't think about the person behind you or in front of you. What if Jesus looked at you today and said, believe, touch my hands, touch my side. What's your question to Jesus? Lord, I want to see you do something in my life. Be ready. Be ready for him to do it. Be ready for him to move. And in that moment, let him appear to you. And I pray that you have an OMG moment. You guys know what an OMG moment is? I think there's only one case where an OMG moment is okay. We use these three letters as an acronym, but Thomas had a real OMG moment. Jesus showed up in the room, broke through the door, walked right in, and he said, Thomas. And Thomas said, oh my God. It meant it with every word. It wasn't just a saying. He said, my Lord, my God. I don't know if he's your Lord or not, but that's my Lord. I don't know if you claim him to be your God or not, but that's my God. I pray that today you would look at the resurrection and say, that's my resurrection too. Right? When Jesus rose from the grave, guess what? I rose too. And we need to be resurrected. And Thomas says, that's my Lord and my God. He once used to be the Lord and the God. Some believe that this was his conversion moment. Thomas followed Jesus for 3 years, but it was here that he made it his own. He made it his own. The apostle Paul writes uh, to a church in the city of Galatia. It's the book of Galatians in the New Testament. And I love what he says in chapter 2 verse 20. I've, I've downloaded these verses into my mind and heart because I need to remind myself of them every day. Paul says, he says, "I've been crucified with Christ." That when Jesus died, I died too. He says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And remind you, it's not a dead Jesus. It's the living Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, friends, this is a testimony. Life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved, everybody say this: who loved loved me. And gave himself for me. See, the thing that I love about Paul, even though his testimony is crazy, he persecuted the church. He had had the first ever deacon, Stephen, put to death. He was a persecutor of the kingdom. He was a slanderer of God. And then God knocked him down and saved him and redeemed him and called him. And in this moment, Paul Paul reflects on that. He says, he saved me. I, I would love for our church to get to a place where we're just so consumed with this reality. He saved me. Like i don't got it all together but he saved me right he 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 did that for me he gave himself for me paul has a moment as he writes to the galatians he says he did that for me do you know that he did that for you because you can you can know that the esv study bible records these words about thomas thomas's statement is in fact a clear confession of his newly found faith in Jesus as his Lord and God. I love that newly found faith. He found it. Maybe you would find the resurrected king today in front of you and he would speak to you and he'd say, I don't care about your past demons. I want to appear to you. I don't care about your past doubts. I want to appear to you. Believe in me. John's entire purpose in writing this book, the gospel of John, is that all readers come to confess Jesus as their Lord and God in the same way that Thomas did. Maybe we would have that type of a testimony today. Mary had demons. Thomas had doubts. Whatever you have today, just know that Jesus can meet you right where you are at. Let me give you the third and final person that Jesus appeared to that I want us to highlight. He appeared to many, but in this context, we want to highlight at least one more and the thing that's encouraging about this next brother i want to just tell you a little bit about his story he started following jesus he was once a fisherman and jesus spoke to him and said i'm going to call you to do something even better than that not just to fish for fish because you're a lousy fisherman but i'm going to call you to fish for men and bring people to myself his name is peter jesus ministered to peter jesus used peter powerfully peter has a powerful testimony Peter would say life transforming things where Jesus one time said, You didn't get that from earth, you got that from heaven. Peter said that. Peter would follow Jesus closely. Peter was a part of the VIP list. What that means is Jesus had 12 disciples and then he had three VIPs. And sometimes Jesus would have encounters and he'd say, James, Peter, and John, y'all come with me. And the disciples were like, Man, how come I didn't get picked? Peter was part of that crew. Peter was was at Jesus' side in the closest moments. He walked with him for three years. Now, now watch this. The last night of Jesus' life, Peter would fall asleep on his Savior, and then he would betray his Savior, and then he would completely deny that he ever even knew him. This young girl shows up in the courtroom and says, Hey, Peter, you were with Jesus too. And notice this guy who was part of the VIP says, no, I wasn't. And Jesus is like, huh? This is Bible. I'm not making it up, right? And, and she goes, yes, you were. You're a fisherman from Galilee. And Peter goes, no, I'm not. I don't know him. And she goes, I seen you, bruh. That's my translation. He did, she didn't say, I seen you, bruh. I said that. But she said, yes, you were. And Peter, with curse words, with curse words, shouted, I don't know this man, Jesus. And in that moment, had eye contact with Christ and began to instantly weep and ran out of the room and completely isolated himself for at least a couple weeks. It was during this time that he was gone. He felt like his identity was gone. I mean, he just straight up blew it, right? I mean, today, maybe you would think you're a bad person. Peter would laugh at you from heaven and say, did you do that? Like, I really messed it up. Like, I was there and I messed it up. And we see Peter, right, crying, weeping. His Messiah is now dead and his last words were to him, I never knew you. Man that's hard. And so what does Peter do? He had such influence. He was such a leader that he calls the disciples up. Well, he didn't call them because they didn't have phones, but he gathered them somehow. And he said, well, what are we going to do, disciples? I guess we'll go back fishing. So they got into the fisherman boat. They fished all night, and guess what? Didn't catch a thing. (laughs) Right back to fishing. And then one day they glanced at the shore And they saw a person and john the disciple goes the lord the resurrected king had shown up on the shore and what does jesus do he does something real godly and real spiritual here's what he does he makes breakfast come on right (laughs) jesus pulls out some lucky charms and no he didn't do that but he he, he made a, a really good breakfast we don't we don't got the exact details but he made the disciples a breakfast and peter jumps out of the boat and he runs through the water with a big smile on his face and shows up and the disciples are now catching fish left and right 173 to be exact and they showed up at the shore with this big pile of fish and they had breakfast with the lord Does that speak to the character of God? And it's in this moment that Jesus has his miraculous appearance to Peter. Let's go ahead and and take a journey into this conversation. John 21, verses 15 through 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Well, he said to him, "Feed my lambs." Verse sixteen. He said to him a second time, "Simon, son of John, do you love me?" He said to him, "Yes, Lord. You know that I love you." He said to him, "Tend to my sheep." He said to him the third time, verse seventeen. He said, "Simon, son of John, do you love me?" Peter was grieved. He's like, am I, am I not communicating right? Are we speaking a different language? Because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he, he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, now maybe you would ask, why does Jesus ask him the same question three times? Three times Jesus says, do you love me? Three times Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. Well, I want to take us a little bit deeper into the text this morning, and I want us to go ahead and look at the original language that this was written in, in the Greek. And there's two, there's actually three different Greek words for the word love. I don't know if you knew that, but there's the Greek word eros, which stands for a sexual love. There's the Greek word phileo, which stands for a brotherly friendship love. It's actually where we get our city name Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love is named after the Greek word phileo. Got a Philly fan, Bruce. And then, then the, the final Greek word for the word love is agape love. Is agape love. Let me give you a quick definition of the word agape love. Agape love, by definition, is selfless, is sacrificial. And is unconditional it's the same word that the bible uses to to describe love within a marriage to say hey i'm gonna love you even if it doesn't benefit me i'm gonna love you even if it's a sacrifice i'm gonna love you unconditionally therefore i'm not gonna put conditions on my love for you and so here's what happens you guys check this out jesus says peter do you agape me and peter looks back at him and says yes lord you know i phileo you Jesus goes, I don't think you heard me right. Do do you agape me? And Peter says, Lord, I love you. A phileo love. A brotherly love. a, A friendship love. And Jesus is saying, I'm not interested in that type of love. He's saying, I'm looking for the selfless love. The one that loves me even when it doesn't benefit you. The one who loves me even when it requires a sacrifice. I know some of the people that shared their testimonies on the stage here. In order for them to get the victory, in order for them to walk in the freedom, in order for them to get connected in a way like that, it required a little bit of sacrifice. But that's agape love. Unconditional love. It's Lord Jesus I'm not going to put conditions on my love for you. Whether the little girl says something or not, I still love you. Whether Whether I go to the cross with you or not, I love you. And Jesus is asking Peter, do you agape love me? Let me give you a defining reality before we close in prayer right here. Jesus is less concerned with the amount of works we do for him. Just know that he's more concerned with the level of love we have toward him does Jesus once mention Peter's failures does Jesus once say why would you deny me man does Jesus once focus on his past his works does Jesus say man you you did this but you didn't do that you kind of blew it here and then you kind of got it right but then you messed up again It just comes down to one question. Do you agape me or not? That's all I'm concerned about. And and if there would be an Easter message in the room for you today, it would be Jesus Christ would roll up in here. He would go through the locks on the doors. He would sit right next to you. He would put his arm around you and he'd say, do you agape me? Only you know it or not. Or do you just say, hey, love you, bro. I'll see you later. See you next week. We'll hang out another time. I got phileo I got, I got love for a lot of my brothers. But agape love looks different. Agape love in, in Nina and I's relationship just looks different from the way I just love my bro. Right? Can anybody else relate? The greatest picture of the gospel is a marriage. Right? That's why the church is known as what? The bride of Christ. And Jesus is the bridegroom. And he deserves all the attention. He deserves all the glory. And he's wondering if his bride agapes him. Or do we just kind of oh, we love you, Jesus. We'll see you later. We love a lot of other stuff, too. Do you agape me, the resurrected king, who loves you? because he agapes you? Again, how do you know? Thomas, look at the holes. Mary, look at your past. You've been delivered. Peter, I'm right here making you breakfast. I agape love you. My prayer is that Walk Church would agape love him.